Hey, this is Maya Zelovich, Interim Dean at the Forbes School of Business and Technology. If you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannutsov. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. Perhaps the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. Welcome to this episode. It's great to have you with us here again today, and I've got a wonderful guest with me. Her name is Dr. Maya Zilich, and she is a Interim Dean, Fulbright Specialist, full professor, and a Department Chair of Advanced Management Studies at the Forbes School of Business and Technology, University of Arizona Global Campus. Maya, big welcome to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and greetings to all of your listeners. Thank you. Whereabouts in the world are you today? I'm in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, Northeast Florida. Oh, awesome. Wonderful. Great to see it. Have speak to someone else on the other side of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and tell me something. So we're giving our listeners a little bit of a brief understanding about your background and what you do. So at the Advanced Management Studies at Forbes School of Business and Technology, what kind of programs do you do there? Sure, but we have a bachelor's and master's degree programs. The Ford School of Business and Technology has different programs in the field of business. We are also affiliated with Forbes Media. We're providing our students with the relevant and applicable content that is in demand at a current business arena, different industries. And a little bit about my background, I have a background in the finance industry for many years. I was also in a corporate training capacity, worked for some big players such as Merrill Lynch as one of the players that I worked for and um, was in a corporate for training, discovered my love for academia, teaching, and research, and I actually transferred to full-time World of Academia in 2013. I'm also a global researcher at heart, and I've done research ventures across several different continents. Haven't been to to Australia, New Zealand as of yet, but you know, now talking to you, I'm in, I'm inspired to visit and maybe do some research there as well one day. Oh, that'd be awesome! Wonderful to have you come this part of the world. And I, and I noticed that in your bio, also you talk about the Center of uh, for Women Leadership. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Advanced Management Studies is one of the divisions of the Forbes School of Business and Technology, and we have our MBA flagship program. We have our only PhD program within the Forbes School of Business under that particular division. And we also have the entire center, Center for Women's Leadership. We opened the center in the year of COVID, June of 2020, and we have three different, three different activities, set of activities. We are mentoring students and alumni. We are doing community chats, workshops, main events. 
And we had uh, so many prominent speakers. We even had some former presidents as our keynote speakers with the Center for Women's Leadership. We are open to all of our members, folks that are not our members, ladies and gentlemen. We also have gentlemen that come in and, and talk about different issues that are facing women in the in the workforce. And we do a lot of research pertaining to women in leadership. Mm. Oh, awesome. That's very good. And amazing how you launched that in the midst of COVID and the pandemic and that. So that's very good. And I see that you've published over 20 plus peer reviewed journals, but also you've been the co-author of a book on perception. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, my co-author, Dr. Diane Hamilton, who's a syndicated radio host, a show hostess, and, and she's also a prominent researcher in the field of uh, behavior analysis. She's also one of the Thinkers 50, one of the really, really bright minds in today's world of business. We used to work together, and we were actually jokingly tease each other that we would go into a particular meeting, we would leave that meeting, and we would have a completely different perception of what took place. Huh. So we, we were teasing each other. I was always a bit more um, pessimistic and Diane was always a bit more optimistic and we were trying to decipher it was fun why am I hearing one thing and she's hearing another and the same person's talking to us and that's how we started digging into different variables that are impacting human perception and we were focusing on the world of business in particular where we touched upon some concepts that are applicable not just for the world of business but everyday life. It's amazing how we as human beings have our different lenses or filters on our ears and we pick up different things. And uh, yeah, it's always good to have different people's perspectives to understand what did you actually hear? Yes. Yeah. And you know what, listeners, actually, first of all, you have to listen to be able to actually understand something or hear something. So, hey, there's a clue. Listen first. But then there's also being able to interpret things as well. So. Yeah, very interesting. Maya, this is all fascinating as well about the research and about what you've been doing and, and so forth. So how did you get into leadership? Well, when I was in a corporate training capacity, I started creating and leading some of the training programs. And then when I moved to the world of academia, I became very quickly a program chair of a particular program, Masters in Organizational Management. Then somehow through my research, through different things that I was doing, different publishing, I was noticed and promoted to be a department chair within the Ford School of Business and Technology. And then in 2021, as our dean retired, I was given an honor of serving as an interim dean, which is a terrific opportunity and also an opportunity to develop my skills even further. And when it comes to leadership, I think it, it actually was was a, a process that was kind of organically evolving in my particular life. I don't know that I was necessarily practically seeking leadership opportunities. I'm a servant leader. I do like, or at least I hope I inspire people to do better, always trying to come up from a standpoint of being a good listener and being a compassionate and empathetic leader. I don't believe in micromanagement. I don't believe in any of the uh, more aggressive leadership styles. And as a matter of fact, as we did a lot of research pertaining to women and men, as far as how women leaders are perceived a certain way versus male leaders, a lot of times lady leaders, for some weird reason, feel compelled to mimic the behavior of their male counterparts in order to be taken seriously. And sometimes what we do is we become overly aggressive, overly into your face, cold and composed at all times. I don't believe in coldness when it comes to leadership. There are certain times when you definitely need to take advantage of some of the beautiful variables that we ladies bring to the table. We are caretakers. We tend to be, no offense to male male listeners, we tend to be more nurturing. And those are also great leadership qualities to work within and capitalize on. 
So that is the kind of leader that I am. Absolutely. I totally agree. I think it's that's awesome. And I, I don't know. I mean, I've, over my years of experience working with different leaders and executives around the world, I, I just, um, when I'm coaching, say, female leaders or working with them and growing them and that, and, and I just say, be you. Just be you because you don't have to be anything else because you are where you are today. Maya is the interim dean because of who you are and what you bring to the table. And and then it's a beautiful thing. And be you, be the best you can be. Don't try and be someone else because when you, as you said, as they start to try to be someone else or be like a male and that, yeah, they do become aggressive. And I've seen it and it's not pretty. It's not very nice. And they don't need to do that. They're so much stronger. And that's not just for female. That's also for males as well. It goes right across the board, right? I mean, be yourself. Be authentic. Mm. There are so many research studies on the values of authentic leadership. Yeah, You can pretend to be someone else for a minute. And afterwards, you're, you're out of your comfort zone and you're not going to do your best. Yeah. So be yourself with all of your faults, all of your opportunities, and work on those opportunities. When Diane and I were talking about the book, a lot of times she would say to me, you take things too seriously or, 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 or you're reading too much into it. And I know that is my opportunity. She recognized it. But that is also sometimes a you know safeguard that we have, a protective mechanisms that we have. We want to protect ourselves as human beings at all times. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I think the important thing here is understanding who you are, what kind of strengths and weaknesses, well, not weaknesses, but strengths and but also areas you might need to develop, but also tapping into those, both of them, and then working with them. I think that's really cool. Here's a question for you, and it's an interesting one in the sense that you probably have many, but I think, you know, who's your favorite leader and why? Now, this person can be alive or from history, but who is that person? My grandfather. Mm Mm-hmm. God bless his soul. My grandfather, I was born and raised in, in Bosnia, Sarajevo, former Yugoslavia, and, and many of your listeners will recognize some of the tragic and troublesome history we had, on top of having wonderful people and, and great uh, historical sides and, and beauty. So my grandfather was a very pivotal person in my life and my upbringing. I was four or five years old, and we would open our mornings with uh, playing a party of chess. Afterwards, we would do a lesson on a particular topic, philosophy, logic, geography, history, politics. I was being asked how to solve some of the issues in the Middle East when I was five years old. I felt that was very normal. And I felt every single little girl has this conversation with her grandfather. I had to recognize uh, where New Zealand is on the card and I on the map. And I was also trying to, I had some numbers on, on the industries that New Zealand is known for. Yet again, I thought that was very normal. When I turned seven years old, when I started going to school, talking to my friends, I realized that was quite unique. And not normal in in the sense of what's normal nowadays. He was always telling me I can be whatever I want to be. And he was always telling me, because keep in mind, I was coming from a patriarchal society. My grandfather kept telling me, you can be whatever you want to be. And as a woman, you always have to be independent and you always have to have your own money. And I didn't realize how revolutionary that was coming from a man that was born during the Great Depression, coming from a man coming from his type of upbringing. I was always saying, okay, as a woman, I can be whatever I want to be, check. I have to be financially independent. And he always said, you can do whatever you can do, whatever you want to do, as long as you have the qualities for a particular position, as long as you're bringing the best to the table with integrity. And he always said, with compassion. That is awesome. That is huge. From the perspective of everything you just said, right, from his upbringing, from the areas that you were living in, right through to what he shared with you, that is huge. Be independent and earn your own money. That That is massive. Yeah. And so I'm loving it. And so having conversations with your family, with your grandfather is really important. I love it when you say we went to school and then realized 
that wasn't normal. As a young kid, sometimes we're experiencing certain things in life, thinking everyone else is experiencing those. And when I realized, I didn't realize how unique he was up until I started going to school. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. I, I love it. I think it's great. It's interesting you, you you suggested your grandfather because when I was, when we did the 200th episode, I was asked myself, I, I was interviewed as like, like you're being interviewed now. And I got someone to interview me and I was asked, who was my favorite leader? And it said, it was actually two, it was my dad, it is my dad and it was my grandfather. And because Greece is where I originate from and, and yeah, it's really amazing. I, I love what your grandfather said to you. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, neighbors. We're, we're from the Balkans. We're neighbors. <laughs> exactly. But I, I, I love what he said to you. That's brilliant. And I've, But also, I, I love the fact that you've taken it and you've done something with it, which is really important. Now, the show here is called Leadership is Changing. When I mention that title of the show or that statement, what does that mean to you? I think we, and, and it's not a cliche, during the times of COVID, we realized in order to be sustainable as far as the company or leaders, you have to drastically change, get yourself out of the comfort zone. Now, we were always talking about these comfort zones in the past, but I think that accelerated quite a bit in the last two years. And uh, one of the Forbes publishers, Rich Colgard, who also serves on our Forbes board of advisor, advisors, he actually recorded the interviews with the top level CEOs within the United States. I actually built a class around those interviews. And these CEOs, were saying where they were in January, February prior to COVID versus what happened to their companies and themselves March, April. So if you're that kind of level, that kind of level of success, and you're having to constantly evolve and constantly change, picture what the rest of us have to do, or your listeners that are currently at the mid-level manager positions or aspiring to be managers or leaders and not even a leadership students that are listening. So don't get settled. Some of you are being educated for the careers that don't exist at this point of time. By the time you graduate, you may go into a career path. I always remember my grandma telling me, I know you are a professor and I know you're looking at that box. She was talking about laptop, but I'm so confused where your students are. <laughs> so picture her world, her world prior to you know modern technology. She's saying my granddaughter is a professor. Her students are somehow in her laptop. I'm not sure how that works. Make the long story short, you have students right now that 10 years from now, they will have careers that don't exist today. So you have to learn the core leadership skills to be adaptable. Some of the skills that were, that were working for us through history, being adaptable, being courageous, being proactive, being hard worker, having your goals, but being able to adjust and change on a moment's notice. Yep. I think those those skills and that are built in cement. In other words, you're, you're developing them and growing them, and that's the foundations. But the goals or the the roles that you're doing are in sand, and they will move and adjust, and we need to be able to move with them in the times as well. Great, great. So we've heard about your grandfather. We've heard about your grandmother, which is pretty cool. And, yeah, I, I love what you say. Get out of your comfort zone. Don't get settled. And I think that what I'm also seeing with a lot of CEOs that I'm talking to is that with the cycle we are in today, you know, are we in the right business? Uh, do we have the actual right organizational structure to support that? And do I have the right leadership team to help lead that, move that forward going? And it's really important to see that because a lot of them don't. And some of them have got their heads in the sand and they're not, they're not looking around and they won't be around for much longer if they don't wake up and get on with it. So COVID has really rattled us and uh, waking people up and taking things to a new level, which is, which has been pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe in New Year's, New Year's re resolution. I'm actually get get tiny, get slightly annoyed by those. You have to consistently revamp yourself and create goals for yourself throughout the year. 
Mm-hmm. So don't 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 have the calendar trigger, you know, your your new set of goals, because usually we abandon those. Yes. But constantly work on your you know, I tell my kids one year plan, three year plan, five year plan. My daughter's in high school. She's like, it's not like I mean, my two year plan is to finish high school. I said, well, what's afterwards? You know, stuff along those lines. And that's what I do. And you know what? And, and, and sometimes some things I'm able to achieve. Sometimes I some things we're not able to achieve. I mean, there are a lot of external factors at all as well. But as you work towards a particular goal, you may discover something else that you want to work on yep absolutely yeah totally and i think uh, there's a there's a quote that i always put out there on social media on the 2nd of january and the quote mm-hmm. says dear new year resolution it's been nice knowing you you're sincerely <laughs> 2nd of january <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly about yeah. that right yeah you and i are living in a world we're all living in a world that's fast-paced changing ever-changing and so forth so what makes a leader successful today in a fast-paced ever-changing world it's so important. And I know people say this all the time. It's so important discovering your passion. What makes you feel alive? And I had a very pivotal moment several years ago. I was uh, going from a very lucrative corporate career in the finance industry into corporate training into the world of academia. Then I started doing global research. We were working on the e-learning implementation initiatives in the developing world. And there was this moment of time I was in Zambia in particular. We were doing e-learning development projects. I felt alive. I've discovered my life's passion. My passion is to to do good, give back to what I was given, doing certain ventures, whether global research ventures, learning implementation, e-learning implementation in the developing world. I've discovered my passion. And I tell my students this. Don't think your passion has to be something, you know, e-learning implementation in the developing world. That sounds a bit better than, you know, your passion can be something rather small but it is yours. And in order for you to be a leader, you have to work within the parameters of your passion. Because if you're doing leadership in the field that you're not passionate about, that you don't care about, you're going to become a glorified manager. You're not going to become a leader. You can be a very effective manager, but you will never be a leader. You can be a leader in the field that you feel strongly about, a field that where you feel you can change something for the better, and that you can contribute something within this world. That's great. Okay, that's good. And I think you know, what you said before as well is that it doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be a smaller thing or it could be simple. I think sometimes we over, overcomplicate things. And if we try and keep it simple, that's good. But I think it could be whatever it is, go for it and embrace it and go for it and, you know, make it happen. And I think it's really quite cool. You know, you can also adjust things as you get on with it. There's many people out there who become that perfectionist and they want to make sure they get the right idea or I want to make sure it's the right thing they want to do. And I'm like, come on. Just get on with it. And, and and I know that's easy for me to say, just get on with it. It's not always easy to do, but I know that we can always adjust. The sails can always be adjusted on the yacht as we're out there sailing. Well, the universe works in our favor a little bit. Passion usually finds you. You're not mm. actively finding passion. Yeah, true. It's a, and, and once you experience that, you you can't really scale back because you want to have that that feeling of fulfillment and that feeling of making a difference. And like I said, it can be something quite minor, but you're still making a difference. I actually, I like what you just said there that, you know, passion finds you. You're not actively chasing it or looking for passion. In fact, sometimes it comes to you packaged a little bit different than you were probably thinking at first. Yeah. But it will come to you. Yeah. You know, you and I have been talking about it. And my, you, you probably talked this with, with a lot of the programs that you're working with in relation with leaders. And we talk through, well, we, we think about things through their lenses. If we were to flip it around and then start to talk about it through the employee's lenses, how has employees' expectations of leaders changed? Well, I mean, employees are, are expecting for the leaders to, to teach them how to do certain things, not mm. just blindly following. Employees are more comfortable asking questions. Yep. You have to explain the why behind a particular initiative, 
even if the outcome is, is actually not the best one for the employees, you have to justify it in the big spectrum of the business sustainability. Mm. So just asking someone follow the orders for lack of better words, because I'm your manager, I'm your leader, that's not working anymore. Mm. Employees also want to be continuously developed. I mean, professional development opportunities are a must in today's world and age. And also the employees have to have the succession planning. They have to have what's my next step as opposed to, you know, several decades ago, sometimes people would retire from the same job they've started when they turned 18. That is no longer the case. So we have a very active workforce. We have a workforce that has lots of opportunities. We have an active force that is continuously educating themselves and they're making themselves more marketable. Mm -hmm. In order to keep the employees, to keep good employees, you do have to motivate them and motivating them is not telling them what to do, is explaining how to get to a particular business objective and why that's important. So explaining the why behind anything you're doing is of a crucial importance. And really, generally, you have to care about your employees. And you can fake a lot of things in life. Sadly, sometimes you force yourself to fake in a business setting. It's very hard to fake care. Mm. It's huge. It's huge. And, and if you fake it, people can see through it, right? And, and then it's quite interesting. I, I actually did an episode. So I do two interviews a week and then one into, uh, then one other episode is the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode mm-hmm. where I'm asked a question by the listeners or I will share some thoughts about what my experience is working with leaders around the globe. And what I notice is that I, I did an episode called Take Both Masks Off. In other words, we've got the COVID mask that we have to physically wear around. That's one. But the second one is I think a lot of leaders today, they wear this mask. They, they hide behind it, whether it's a title, whether it's something else, but they're hiding behind it. And I'm like, hey, get out from that mask or that whatever it is and be you. Be authentic. Be real. Transparent. Everything you've been saying, Maya, it's exactly what people need to do more. You and I have been talking about what's been happening. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk about, so I'm going to get your crystal ball out here, and I'm going to ask you this question, which is, where do you see leadership being in five years? Well, you know, I'm in the educational arena, and the the four-year degree programs, you know, there's a lot of talk, a lot of research talking about, are we going to continue with the four years of university degrees at the bachelor's level? A lot of times students start a year one, and by the time they graduate, those skills are almost obsolete because the workplace is changing quite a bit. So I do feel in the field of education, we're going to gear more towards professional development, nano degrees of some sort, shorter degree programs, and the certificate market. With that, we're going to have to revamp our work force to be able to be more adjustable to get out of that traditional mindset and making sure that they are keeping up with the demands of the of the business world because I am with a business school. Ultimately leaders getting too complacent, too comfortable. I think that style of leadership will will go out of style. You know, it is already out of style, but it's it's going to be completely gone if for someone to be successful. I also feel that that leaders will have to continuously educate themselves more at the level than they ever were in order to keep up with the technology advancements. Mm. And also they, they have to be always in tune what's happening within their respective markets, within their industry. I do also feel that... Uh, the authentic style of leadership is going to become more and more popular and knowing how to help their employees, knowing how to lead their employees and knowing how to understand and listen to their employees will become one of the absolutely uh, must-have skills of, of leaders. So I do feel that leaders will change 
with the parameters of the industry changes and overall changes in the world. I do think that we all experienced in the last few years, we experienced a significant shock. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things such as, you know, the trauma that was caused for, you know, all of us. I know there's so many companies that are putting a lot of investment into the mental health of their employees. And we talk about the remote workforce versus face-to-face workforce. Is the office buildings, are, is that time, is that something that we're not going to go back to fully? Are we going to pursue more of a hybrid model? If so, what, that, what does that mean for yep. leaders? There's all these questions. So no, I do not have a crystal ball, but I think <laughs> that COVID completely disrupted the field. Yep. And it is going to continue disrupting it, hopefully for the better. And I do anticipate a lot of changes. Uh, when we, when I talked about those interviews with the CEOs that is in one of our classes, I mean, a lot of the CEOs talking about just their industry and their particular, they're now pursuing different products than, than prior to COVID. They're, they're pursuing different markets. They completely are changing their, their landscape. Their blueprint, the old blueprint is thrown away. They're creating a new one. Yeah, that's amazing. Create the new blueprint and moving forward, listeners. Maya sharing some wonderful things with us today in this episode and authentic leadership will become more popular going forward. And I think that's so right in what you're saying there. And it'd be quite interesting to see where the educational institutes take, turn around and actually do one year, two year degree, but you have to come back for two or three years after that for a short sort of residential course, possibly to bring you up to date with what's actually happening. Maybe that's going to be something along those lines. It would be interesting to see how that all plays out for sure. Yeah. Maya, hey, look, thank you for joining us on today's show. If our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, where should they go? LinkedIn. I can send you the uh, my LinkedIn profile so you can actually attach it to the, to the show. I am on LinkedIn all the time. And actually, LinkedIn uh, proved itself to be terrific network opportunity. And I don't think I was utilizing LinkedIn as much prior to COVID. And nowadays, I've, I've, uh, I've encountered so many wonderful opportunities, also professional development opportunities using LinkedIn. So if your listeners are not using it, I strongly suggest it. Yep, absolutely. Look, so uh, listeners, we'll put the show notes into the show notes. We'll put your LinkedIn pro, um, link in there, Maya, which is all good. But you're so right. They they are not using it. And I, and I would actually encourage people just like Maya's done to go out and make sure you learn how to use LinkedIn and use it properly as well, team. So it's very good. Maya, it's been fascinating talking to you today. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. So much. Great one. Thank you. Hey, listeners, if you haven't already checked out the Facebook group or the LinkedIn page, Leadership is Changing, we would love to see you on those platforms. And so please come along and join us on there. It'd be great to see you there. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Look out for the episodes as they're being released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Feel free to share them with your friends, your family, and your network. Hey, if there's any feedback you'd like to give me about the show, or if there's a question you have for the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode, then send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, it's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.